This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back again to the Outdoor Drive Podcast here in, oh, I almost said fucking Harrisburg. I'm glad I didn't. The <laughs> Connecticut Fishing and Outdoor Show here in Mohegan Sun. We have a very special guest that, man, it's been a long time coming. We should have had this going for a long time here. You know you know what? It, it ain't a long time coming. It's the right time. Baby. It's, that's it. That's the right time. <laughs> we have our man, Matt Weddish, with us here. What's going on, Matt? Dude, just chilling, man. You know, you, you got to be the oddball, and I make bird noises, so I figured I'd come to a fishing event. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but you had a pretty good seminar, is that? It was, man. It was packed. You know, it's uh, it was pretty much all the all the chairs were were filled, and uh, there was a bunch of guys standing in the back. So that's awesome. Yeah, you make you make noises, and they will come. That's what I'm saying. So who who? Oh, hey, Steve, are you still there? Yeah, man. We're hanging out. I'm lost somewhere up here in the woods in the Blue Ridge in Virginia still. <laughs> all right. All right. Just making sure you're still there. So, Oh, yeah. I'm tracking. So you want to get down and we'll talk some turkey hunt with Mr. Matt? And you know I'm always down to talk turkey. All right. Let's do it right. Matt, tell us who you are, where we can find you, <clears throat> and what you do. Oh, hell, man. I'm, I'm, I'm nobody, you know. <clears throat> uh, I, guess, I guess a brief kind of overview is uh, – I've been in the outdoor industry for, you know, 20, 25 years now and um, started way back mid-90s, I'm guessing early 90s as a professional turkey caller and won state titles, qualified for the Grands, called at the show, man. I mean, again, some of the greats, you know, Walter Parrott, uh, Chris Parrish, um, you know, just some of the best of the best. And, well, even Waddell. I mean, when Waddell was just getting into the scene – uh, Michael and I met each other, uh, you know, calling the competitions down there and, you know, and then uh, obviously got together on other stuff as well. But um, kind of been doing it a little while. What know? got you into it? What what made you start to get into turkey calling or what set, set it off for you? Uh, well, it's uh, 
my whole family is um, musically inclined. Okay. You know, my uh, my brother played everything under the sun. My mother played piano. My father played trumpet. And what was cool is, you know, I, I took drum lessons, guitar lessons, piano lessons, everything. And I found out the best thing I could play was the radio. So, <laughs> so you didn't have that. See, that was like a hand grenade joke, man. It took like three or four freaking seconds to go off. <clears throat> you got you're looking at me like fucking deer in the headlights. I'm just saying it's and all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, that was funny. I'm gonna blame it on the uh, the, the distance. Delay. <laughs> Thanks for the props, man. Appreciate it. Can we dub in some laughter when I make a stupid joke? Yeah, we can do whatever you want. <laughs> I just wanted the crowd. I wanted to hear the background noise of the laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's uh, going south quick. I get it. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I handled um, marketing for Mossberg Firearms nationally. Uh, I, well, they're PR. And so all of a sudden, you know, most of these events, you bring people out. And I was doing 14 states a year. And. Uh, I was hunting 14 states here. It was crazy. Wow. And uh, doing sto- shows for ESPN, OLN, the Outdoor Channel, the whole gig. And usually when you bring out media people and you're doing TV shows, you know, you're, you, you get a guide to bring out the writers. And when they found out that I was a champion turkey caller, all of a sudden I was the guy. I was the guy. You were the guy. Dude, I've never been the guy. <laughs> you just became but the guy. I was, I was kind of the guy, I guess. Yeah, I never even thought of it that way. Damn, I was the guy. Yeah. Um, so, uh, obviously, I ended up getting in all you know the magazines and all that kind of stuff. And I've I've hunted twenty five out of fifty states, uh, won multiple state titles, called at the grands, um, taken my grand slam of wild turkeys, and taken them with archery. Taking them with muzzleloader, taking them with shotgun, the whole deal. You know, That's slingshot. Awesome. No, slingshot. <laughs> you just going wow. across the <laughs> hey, hey, Matt, just get a little tighter up to that microphone when you're talking. Yeah. We don't want to lose you there. All right, man. Is that better? The there it is. There it is. So, so what drives you to be in the outdoors, though? Like what? I mean, I guess that's that's what we are—the outdoor drive. So, what yeah. drives you to be out there and doing that? It's it's you know it's funny you know you get all this advertising. It's not a passion; it's an obsession, you know, and all that stuff. And and it's not, you know. I've I've always kind of looked at it and uh, and said <clears throat> when I whenever well actually I've never been married. So I I tell my my girlfriend when I I've been with her for a few years now, and I, I told her I said you know you got to live with me for a year before I make any commitment to you. And she's like, why that? Why is that? And I said, well, what I do, it's not something that I want to do. Right. And it's not something that I have to do. I mean, it's a need, man. It's it's who I am. Yeah, if I, you might as well just pop a cap at me if, if I can't get out there, man. If I can't find a way... And, uh, and, and get out in the woods or, you know, sit at the, sit at the base of a tree or in a duck blind or a goose blind or get out catching fish, ripping lips. Um, you might as well just end it, man. Unplug it. Yeah. There's no point. In I, even no, be, no, yeah. I got, I got, I'm none. the same way, man. I can't even hold a conversation with anybody who doesn't hunt or fish. Like you go to like a family family. I, everyone's shaking their heads. Yes. But you go to like a family <laughs> function or a party or something. And I'm like the weird guy in the corner, but I'm not really the weird guy. I just don't want to talk to you about anything other than hunting and fishing because it's the only thing I know in life. So it's tough to hold a conversation. So it seems like you too. Like, yeah. it's just like, that's all you do. You just live, breathe and dream the outdoors. Pretty much. You know, it's kind of like, so how was that wine? Oh, it's great, man. So where'd you go hunting? 
precisely. Um, so let's dive deep into this, man. Obviously, you're here on a turkey hunting seminar. Yeah. And you're the odd guy. You're the guy, but you're I, the odd guy. Well, that, I've always been the odd guy. <laughs> you know? That's a known fact. I've never been the guy. <laughs> let's make that clear. There's a difference between the odd guy and the guy. <laughs> Nobody ever says, hey, man, call the odd guy. No, no, no. He, the odd guy just shows up. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing is everyone remembers the guy, but everybody doesn't forget the odd guy. Oh, <laughs> listen, Confucius is on the line. Holy shit. There you go. <laughs> so, so in a normal, all right, so turkey season's coming. You're prepping for turkey season. What, what do you, let, take us through the steps, man. What do you, what do you do? So it's a month out from turkey season. What are you trying to do? What do you, where, where are you at with this? You know, I, uh, there, there's a couple phases. I mean, obviously you got a ground pound, man. Anybody who, who hunts or fishes or anything, if you don't do your diligence, man, if you don't get out there and, and put your time and put in the miles and, you know, get up before you want to, you're not going to be successful. You know, I don't, I don't care who you are. And it, it doesn't matter if it's whitetail, if it's turkey, if it's uh, squingeely. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter what it is that you're going for. Um, if you don't put in the time, you're not going to get it. So uh, I'm doing two things right now. You know, number one, I'm scouting. I'm going out there and and uh, and I'm beat, not beating the pavement. I'm beating the dirt roads, man. I'm going out and I'm, I'm trying to get where everybody else can't. And um, on top of that, uh, I listen. <clears throat> you know, there, there's yep. there's a lot of loose lips out there. And there's a lot of people that as soon as you broach a subject of – Excuse me, I'm drinking a beer. That's okay. We call that a, we call that beer burp. Beer burp. That's, good. <laughs> that's, good. Well, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's uh, it, the loose lips out there are crazy. As soon as you mention to anybody, oh man, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find turkeys. Oh, you can't find turkeys. They're in my backyard. <laughs> oh, they're everywhere. And you're like, really? And what's your address, lady? <laughs> You know, exactly. <laughs> he went back to being the weird guy, <laughs> the odd guy, the odd guy. Yeah, right. Oh, we, so tell I just me where those that. birds are. <laughs> so, and and then you obviously, as soon as you break company with that person, you bring out your fucking phone and pull up Google Maps, right? And find up the you know the the public land, piece of public land. <laughs> And you're like, shit, that's like two miles in, man. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> There's got to be a dirt it's road. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, man. You know, and, and that's uh, – so right right now is is uh, 100% scout and, um, you know, preparation. It used to be competition time this time of year. Right now the Grand Nationals, you know, give a shout-out to all my guys down at the Grands, you know, um, there's uh, the biggest turkey show of the year uh, in the country, if not, I dare say, the world, is called uh, It's the National Wild Turkey Federations. If you guys don't belong, it's very similar to uh, DU. And uh, it's the reason why there's turkeys now in 49 out of 50 states. They are an incredible organization. Um, but they're having their grand nationals or competitions going on down there. And... Um, to kind of get away from, uh, to get away from you know the the fun and laughter, a uh, friend of mine passed away just a little while ago that was on my team on the ROTV team and um, he had a battle with cancer and we were planning on hunting and everything this year and fishing and that was his gig you know um, 
he he loved the grants and he loved going down there and he was runner up i believe for the gobbling competition in the world and uh yeah it's uh i miss that dude so um yeah cheers to him yeah to my buddy phil phil god i love you man all right now expect to burp in a little while but (laughs) so we'll get away from that um Shit, now we're worried that I tangented on that stuff. No, we were talking preparation. <laughs> yeah, and then preparation. What, then Scouting, old ladies' backyards. <laughs> <laughs> you know, good stuff. Dude, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that a good spot to hunt? No? Yeah. That, it's the best. You ain't got to go <laughs> far, and apparently they're right there. <laughs> they can't run fast. Especially up here. There's a ton of Easterns <laughs> in old ladies' backyards because they have bird feeders. <laughs> wow, did that just go right over your back, dude? <laughs> Right over your head. Yep. Wow. <laughs> He's really talking about birds in the backyard. <laughs> well, I mean. I was trying to dolify it. It's okay, it's Trevor. Real, real I forgive you. <laughs> oh, wow. This ought to go good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we can bleep a whole bunch of shit out of yeah. this one. Hey, turkeys bring the best out in everyone. Oh, uh, don't they, man? You know, by the end of season, I'm going through the DTs and shaking and drooling and shit, you know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so, yeah, scouting, you know, preparation. It used to be getting ready for the competitions and all that kind mm-hmm. of jazz and blowing a call literally a couple hours a day. I mean, it was it was crazy. And uh, so now it's um, – you know, pull your shit out, make sure it all works. And, you know, the biggest thing that I do every year that is an absolute must is just pattern your gun. Yep. You know, know, know your stuff. I don't care if you're a bow hunter or a shotgun, whatever. Um, know your equipment. Do your due diligence. Yeah. yeah just Absolutely. Don't pull it out and say, damn, dude, you know, it was dialed last year. I'm going to shoot it again this year. Don't. Grab it, go out, pattern that thing, and, and know it because that confidence uh, – It'll come through tenfold, yeah. especially when you're in a crunch. And you owe you owe it to the animal at that point, also. Bingo, brother. You do. We do. We totally owe it to them. It's uh, we're blessed for being able to get out there and get after them. And uh, you know, we unfortunately, as hunters and sportsmen, we uh, we fight that fight every day to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it's uh, try and keep it clean, man. Keep it cleaner. You know, it's I, I look at some of these these Facebook posts and. You know, being in the industry, you see the pressure of all the guys that are out there and the trophy guys. And, yeah, you look at some of the shit that some of these guys have pulled. They've been pulled off television shows. They've been dropped sponsors and all that kind of stuff because they've done something stupid or or whatever. And, um, you know, we, we've got a bad enough battle than to glorify it. Right. You know, when, when I do my videos, I've I've taken those shots on, on Bo where – that deer goes up and it, it stops 30 yards from you. You know, I shot him at 10. He takes three bounds and he stands there and the blood's just pouring, mm-hmm. you know, and you're on him. You're drilled in and, and you're, you know, you got the video running and, and it's like 60 seconds later, he takes two more steps, wobbles and drops within sight. And that's cool as shit. But man, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, you, you don't need to show that, you know, I get that back. I get back to put to uh, editing and I'll I'll cut that right out, right? You know, and make it look like boom, 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 drop, fade it to that drop, and all of a sudden it goes from three jumps, stand, and then wobbles and falls. You know, it's we all know what happens, but glorifying that is just kind of uh, just kind of poking and prodding at the people that have bigger mouths than us. Yeah, and it gets in the wrong hands, then they're going to use it in a negative annotation instead of a positive. It was the exactly. absolute. 
textbook perfect shot. We should all hope for that shot. That deer didn't even feel it. Just right. realized that it was, you know, oh, my God, I'm feeling lightheaded and falls down. Right. You know, that, that was a blessed way to go rather than freaking coyotes ripping its guts out or something like that when it can't get away. But, uh, you know, you put that in Peter's hands and game over, man. That's game, set, match. Look at how this thing is suffering, you know. And Of course. Yeah. it's it's. They brutal. can add their own subtitles to it. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so back to turkey, man. Okay, let's get back on track. So so in a turkey, all right, the day before opening day, what do you, what, what do, you do? So as far as your before the haunt scout. So I, try, like, I try to drink as less, as little as possible <laughs> so I can actually get up and all the plans I've made for the first, you know, the month prior actually come to fruition. That right there is probably the smartest advice I've heard for turkey hunting in years. <laughs> it's true, man. I've got, a, I've got a bar with 215 whiskeys on it. Oh, you're a brown water guy, huh? Dude, I'm big brown water. You've seen mm. you've seen that pic. Oh, I have. I oh, know. I was just. <laughs> you, we got to do a podcast there and see how it comes out. I would love. Oh no, no, no. We've been. <laughs> I don't know if we'd get anything recorded. <laughs> oh, we'd get plenty recorded. Not know if it's usable. Does it matter? <laughs> exactly. Good point. Good point. Oh. So yeah, night before it's um literally it's it's trying to by that point I don't need to go roost. Right. I think roosting is kind of it's it's a bunch of crap. Um birds don't gobble that much on the roost. You you're lucky if you get them to. And all well and good, but quite honestly, if you've been there for the past week prior, you don't have to worry about it. You know they're there. Yep. You already know it. So, uh you know, I sit back, just make sure all my ducks are in a row, man. I, I just make sure everything's packed, exact. Um, get everything out in the truck that can be in the truck that uh, that I'm not worried about getting too cold or whatever. Um, <clears throat> get it ready for the morning so I don't have to think about anything but my plan. You know, last year I had a guy from my team. It was a new kid that came on, and uh, <laughs> I had him freaking. I had him balls deep in in uh, in swamp water. With a four thousand dollar camera above his head, walking through mountain laurel to get to a turkey, and, and he comes over. He goes, "Hey, wait, 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 wait!" He goes, "Dude, come here!" Oh, birds gobbling, you know. And I'm like, "What? What?" He goes, "Dude, what happens if I drop this fucking thing?" <laughs> I'm like, "Well, the muzzle gets pointed at you, man." <laughs> and then I go find the turkey. <laughs> You know, and he's like, oh, shit. You know, so, uh, yeah, we went through probably 100 yards of ice cold, you know, uh, ball deep water to get to a turkey. And what's funny is that uh, that bird gobble dropped off the roost, did everything he was supposed to do except for come over the knob so I could shoot him. And uh, <clears throat> and what's funny is that I could have killed that bird 20 times, but mm -hmm. he wasn't on camera. Ugh. You know, so we let him walk. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty adventurous day, but we, uh, we ended up killing a bird we got it. We called in, uh, three big long beards on public land and, uh, that'll be Aaron. That'll go, that'll go to, uh, online this spring. That's awesome. Where can they find that? Uh, it's real outdoors TV. Okay. Yeah. Real outdoors TV. Um, and, uh, you know, we, uh, we've got a bunch of, we got whitetail, we got, <clears throat> turkey fishing we got saltwater freshwater the whole gig man 
Yeah, it's pretty good. Our, our turkey stuff's really strong. That's awesome. Yeah, we've we've uh, we take pride in our turkey stuff. It's well, you're a master turkey caller, so how do you not? I, I, I did. No. Well, <laughs> that's like beyond the guy. All right, you know, I'm sorry. All right, just, all right, all right. Yeah, it's like Obi. That's like Obi Wan or something. You know? <laughs> Why you don't want to be Obi Wan? <laughs> Dude, everybody wants to be Obi Wan. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Who doesn't want to be Obi Wan? It's very true. Very true. C- continue with the question. All right. <laughs> I just waved my hand with the Obi Wan effect, just so you guys know. For you, for those of you in, in Radio World. Oh, <laughs> uh, so so now, all right. So now it's it's opening day. You're out there, and you're, obviously you didn't roost before because you already know scouting wise. So now, now what are you trying to do? Are you trying to locate in the morning? Are you crow calling? What are you? You know, I'm, where are you at? Yeah, I'm listening. Basically, you know, I, I shut up. I, I um, it's the hardest thing I do is shut up, but um. It's honestly, I, I try not to call until a bird hits the ground. Um, if he's going to gobble on his own, I let him do it. Now, we obviously had some ridiculous shit to get through. So I did try and strike him off early <clears throat> with a, with an owl call. Okay. So um, I struck him off before it got too light, got him gobbling, and we headed in through the woods and uh, through the water. But uh, I I don't like calling before he drops down. And reason being is that number one, <clears throat> a bird gobbles to uh, to draw in hens. Right. That's why he gobbles. I mean, he doesn't go to the hens. The hens go to him. So the more he gobbles, the more hens are going to be in there. And there were hens there. But uh, so we just got in position. We let him gobble, do his own thing, got in position. And uh, I like to let nature take its course until he's on the ground. Right, and because at that point you're calling in the hens to it. You're instilling more competition, and you're making it harder for yourself. Oh yeah, because if you if you keep giving out the spot where the where the tom is, you're just you're ruining it for yourself. And then everyone's like, "All right, why did the bird come down and shut up?" Because for the past hour you've been calling at that bird, called in every hen within a hundred miles of here. He hits down. There's more chicks. It's like a guy in the middle of a bar with. With a hundred girls, why exactly. is he going to go call his friends? They're all just right here. Why yeah. do we got to call anybody? He ain't going there. Right. He's, he's sitting there strutting, and you can't make him gobble. And all he hears, <laughs> you know, and that's all you get. You know, you get nothing. And uh, and then they they get pissed at you. They're like, no, we don't want to compete with her, and they just drag him away. Right. So, no bueno. So what kind of call sequence would you do once they hit when they do hit the ground? Oh God, I got a call. Whoop, 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 whoop. No, oh, hang on. <laughs> 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 I, I, I got to move this thing away. All right. All right. Um, ultimately, you know, the, the bird's on the ground, so you got to kind of feel them out. You can't start, um, you know, hell's bells with the thing. You got to kind of start out slow and, and feel them out, you know, kind of take his temperature. So I'll just start out with, you know, low yelps. See what happens. You know, just nothing excited, no cutting, no crazy stuff, just kind of a real mellow Yelp sequence. And she would, and you just step it up until he responds. And, uh, you know, the, the more – it's unfortunate that whenever those hens are involved, the more aggressive you get, the more they may shy away. Mm-hmm. You know, if he's not in that point where he's going he's gonna to drop right in and, and come to you and leave them, which is rare, but it does happen – uh, you're you're rolling the dice, man. Anybody who thinks they know is wrong because I don't I don't know shit, dude. 
You're playing I, with nature. Exactly. I just I just know all the shit that I've done wrong. Right. You know, it's not that I'm any better than anybody. I'm no better than anybody else out there. I've just fucked up more. Yeah. <laughs> There's no scenario. <laughs> you know? <laughs> totally I'm not agree. better than you, dude. I just fucked up way more know what not to do. That's a, uh, that's a love of experience. <laughs> it's exactly. You know? Um, <clears throat> so ultimately, you know, the sequences kind of progress from there and you can kind of get as aggressive or, or whatever and you can do the fancy shit. And, but I, I kind of tend to um, – n- most, most of my birds are killed with just – not even cutting, just a few cuts, like a, you know, just a couple in a row, mm-hmm. just to elevate that Yelp sequence a little bit and, um, and yelping. You know, I think if you're purring at a bird, he's hung up and really close. Right. And, and I, I think people kind of, people dwell on the media and all the hype that's out there. You don't need, I mean, you don't need to fucking purr at a bird, man. If he's come in 150, 250 yards to your yelping, why the fuck are you changing? No, he's already locked. Oh, yeah. He's locked. Rap, 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 rap. Ow. Rap, Ow. Oh, man, he's coming. Rap, rap, rap. Ow. I mean, really, dude? Number one, you can't fucking purr, so why are you trying? Why did you think you're going to fire this bird up more by throwing a freaking snot shot at him? And you just ruined it. Yeah. You know, if it ain't broke, don't try to fix it. Right. Just keep on the same thing. They know that that's what they're coming to. Why are you going to change it up? It's, I, like, it's like calling in a goose and then changing to a fucking duck call. Why are we doing this? Exactly. The no well, point. Actually, you know, for any of you guys that are waterfowl guys, to that exact point, the laydown call, yep. that, that laydown call, just so everybody knows. It's not a laydown call. It's not an accepting call. It's That's not a, a welcome call. home. Let's get the fuck out of my food it's a fighting call. call. Yeah. So, you know, if you shut down and everybody starts going, <laughs> you're just telling them to get the fuck out. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, you throw it in there to keep it natural a little bit here and there, man, but just keep clucking. I mean, I actually get more excited because that's what birds do. They'll right. pop, 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 pop. They'll actually get more excited. So what well, happens when so so you're calling on the turkeys and you you finally strike a gobble okay yep. you get them to gobble and then so you you cluck or whatever and you get them to strike another gobble are you going to continue calling or are you going to let him gobble a couple of times and then call like where where are you, what what's your thoughts on <laughs> I'm, this I'm the wrong guy to ask yeah me too that's why Dude, I was asking you <laughs> I'm going to call at that motherfucker until he walks in with his head dragging on the ground <laughs> he's going to be like. <laughs> He won't even be able to get one out by the time he hits in front of me. Because we get so excited. Oh, dude, I can't help it. If, but, if he's gobbling, you just keep fucking calling. Oh, I yeah. want to hear him gobble a exactly. hundred fucking times. Yep. Sore throat. I want that. Yeah. I don't care. If he's coming, I'm going to make him fucking earn it. it but anyways, what is the proper that's way it. of doing it? <laughs> oh, that's not the <laughs> That is way? the proper way. What do you mean? Hey, if it kills birds and I had fun doing it, it counts, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that that's that's the whole name of the game. I mean, if he ain't going to gobble, I don't want to fucking kill him. You know? Well, yeah, I do. Um, it's almost slightly <laughs> climatic when that happens. Right. Right. It's true. You know, and I mean, a, a lot of field birds are that way. You know, if a bird's in the middle of a field and he starts going, you know, you can't get to him. You can't put the sneak on him. And I, I'm going to take this opportunity since I'm, I brought up field birds. Any of you guys that think that that fan thing is really effective and all, you're right. It, it can be. But don't be a fucking idiot and do it. You're just asking for a freaking shot in the face, man. 
I'll tell you. It's, it's a good way to get killed. Yeah. I mean, yes. it's effective, yes, but let me tell you, man, if if you can't call them, don't crawl them. You know, I mean, at least not with a fan. Crawl them. You know, if you can't call them, regular crawl them. But don't, don't go flashing a turkey ass through the middle of the field. But, uh, you know, um, I, li- I like to fire up a bird. I really do, mm-hmm. man. I, I like to, if he's going to gobble, I'm going to hammer at him. But that being said, I don't change the way I'm calling. Right. You know, you just stay on the same tone. I, I give, I don't give him any more than he needs because if he decides to, to, you know, pan back a little bit or hang up or mm-hmm. whatever, if you, if you lift your skirt, you've already showed him everything you got. You know, there's no other reason for him to go. You don't have an advantage on him when something changes. You got nothing, you know, and, and there, there's actually a video again, um, on, on our video series of public land hunt that started out with a bird, um, dropping, dropping, uh, dropping off a ledge. We got him flying down off the ledge and coming to us and (laughs) comes into 15 yards and my buddy didn't have a shot on him. He leaves. I call him back in. And he gets cut off by a mountain biker coming down the trail. So the bird kind of takes off, goes around. We set up again on him. And somebody, somebody's dogs chewed through their leashes. There are two dogs with leashes running through the freaking woods and boogered him again. And we circled around again and got in another position and ended up, he kind of, at that point, he'd heard us for like, two and a half, three hours of hammering on him. And we ended up getting up into a spot and I changed it up and I did things different. I added more calls to it and was multiple birds and the whole deal. And we freaking killed him, locked him right in, but it was freaking hours and hours and hours. And that's, you know, the whole idea is that you just, you can't, you can't throw that Trump out. You know, you've, you've got to, you've got to be able to, uh, keep an ace up your sleeve. You got to be able to, you know, you show them the kitchen sink and you're all done. You got to have only give them what they need. And I learned that in your seminar from the brewery that time. Like when we were talking about the gobbler call. That was a fun. <laughs> that was, oh my God, we had the time of our lives down there. But the gobble call, like you just don't use that until it's the last ditch effort, man. Like you want to show that aggression, but if you throw it at them right off the rip, then you're not going to have anything else up your sleeve yeah. to keep moving on. You're not going to kill that bird. So you have to leave something up your sleeve at all times until all, everything is done and over with. Exactly. And, and you know, holding out on a gobble call, you know, don't get frustrated and just throw everything at them. <clears throat> you know, hold out because we worked that bird for hours and we did hit him with a gobble call towards the end. <clears throat> and that was, you know, you've got to think of what they're thinking. If that hen's got a gobbler with him, maybe that dude had his ass kicked or something like that mm-hmm. or whatever. But this guy was not leaving this area. He was obviously, you know, the cock of the roost. He was it. And um, when when we presented after the birds he had been hearing all morning attracted another bird, that was it. Right. You know, I mean, and and being multiple birds. So now the girl I've been hearing all morning has now got a girlfriend and now – Junior's coming in on top of it, and I got to put a mud hole in his ass. And now it's time to happen, yeah. Yeah. 
I had this a similar situation happen. I called in a Tom, and he came in, and he was stuck up. He didn't want to come down this ridge, and he just sat up there strutting back and forth, back and forth, and wouldn't come in. And these two Jakes came out of nowhere. I have it on video. And these two Jakes come out of nowhere and start beating the shit out of uh, my Jake decoy. And with all them, all that commotion and all that noise, he come fucking bombing down oh, this yeah. hill. Game I mean, over. bombing. And it, I tried everything in the book, man. I sat there for an hour and a half watching him strut, 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 strut. Those two came down and started going at it and and here he comes out of nowhere you watch him right up come off the cliff right and just beats the shit out of the decoys and ends up i didn't shoot him i shot one of the jakes but (laughs) bar fight (laughs) i was with the bow man and and it was i tried decapping um tried decapping him i missed and so i grabbed another decap i missed again and i was like fuck this i grabbed a real broadhead i grabbed my zeus and i ended up smoking the thing because i was like you know what enough is enough i missed twice just (laughs) Body shoot him, put this thing on the ground, and be done with it. Wing joint, baby. Yeah. So, speaking of bow and arrow, we we talked about it. Um, tactics with uh, hunting with a bow from yeah. the ground with no blind, and yeah. I think that oh, that's that's, a, that's an important important thing that I think that definitely needs to come across for a lot of the people because a lot of the people that have followed me throughout my journeys know that I we do a lot of bow hunting. So, what is what do you think are some of the tactics for bow hunting um, from the ground without a blind? I love ground pounding, man, with a bow. I mean that that's a big thing for me. Um and what you got to understand is um you just got to find the big enough tree. Or one of my faves is a split. You get a V, a tree that comes up and splits and you can stand like in that middle. I didn't even think of that. That makes <laughs> oh, perfect dude, sense. Oh dude, it's crazy. So, um I do it that way and then but 9 times out of 10, you know, you don't find that. You never find that right. perfect tree. So you get yourself behind a tree, and what I do is you peek out behind that tree and you watch as that bird's approaching, and you keep that tree between you and the bird. So as he's circling or whatever, you're either kneeling mm-hmm. or standing. I'm usually kneeling. Okay. I usually get on one knee and just kind of that way I can kind of shuffle around, do what I need to do. Um, but as that bird approaches, you've got to maneuver to keep that tree in between you and the bird. But you've also got to keep about two or three feet back from From the tree. You don't huddle right up to it because you can't draw if you're huddled up to it. So you got to kind of keep a a couple foot difference uh, distance between you and the tree. And when that bird comes in, you draw behind the tree when you when you're like, okay, this is it. This is what I'm going to shoot. You draw behind that tree and you you kind of pop out. So what I'll usually do is I'll drop my one knee out, you know, and kind of lean over outside the tree. And the bird's going to give you three options. Number one, he's going to fucking beat feet. Instantly. Instantly. And quite honestly, that rarely, rarely happens. Because he doesn't know what's going on. It's just something. Right. It's nothing attacking him. It's nothing to really, all of a sudden there's just something moving. You know, and he doesn't really know what it is. Um, so he may continue uh, continue walking, doing whatever he's doing. Maybe he didn't see it. You know, he could continue doing whatever he's doing. If he's strutting or if he's walking in or whatever, you may be able to come out. He may be looking somewhere else at the time that you do it. So you may have to stop him. And at that point, it's just take your shot. Right. But... Um, the other thing that happens is they freeze. 
And that's usually the good thing. And you've got about three or four seconds. Now you think three or four seconds, that's not a lot. Well, that is. When you're already drawn, you're already at anchor point, and you kind of lean out one, two, three. That's eternity. That's a long time, man. That's eternity. You know, so um, what that bird usually does is they take that step and they stop. And the head goes up and they stretch because they're looking. You know, now something's going on. Boom, freeze, head up. And you've usually got like three solid four seconds uh, to get that shot off. And that's usually what happens. Is that hunting with a decoy or without a decoy? Either or. Either or. Either or. Okay. You know, when I'm, when I'm hunting um, with bow and arrow, I like to use a decoy. Um, but it also depends on what time of year it is. If it's late in the spring and the foliage is out, I don't use any decoy because by the time that bird comes in, he's right on top of it. And late season decoy use, uh, I, I tend to see how birds get kind of a little little antsy. You right. know, they, they freak out. They're too close by the time they see it. And it's, uh, yeah, when, when it gets foliage, I, get, I set myself in a kill position. The first time I see him, I can kill him. You know, and right away. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so one of the tactics I learned without a blind and is we take like a, a bedded a bedded hen and you put it behind a big oak tree so that when he when he comes in now he's fanned and he's trying to get her to stand up and then you shoot from behind while he's fanned and you can almost fucking do jumping jacks oh, behind yeah. him oh, without a doubt. and that, and that was one tactic but I didn't even think about behind the tree or a V or something like that you know what I'm saying like it's it's great great tip honestly it's well last year trev you did very similar work but you were buying a brush pile or a down log so same theory yeah and i just i just ran a a small mesh burlap just something to just kind of break me up Mm -hmm. you know just so i can get a little bit more movement and it was great and i was where i was was a lot of clear cutting so i was just trying to find piles and just make things and clear cuts are awesome for that yeah, but the only thing I found with the clear cuts, sometimes they get a little skeptical. Like when they're coming into some of them, sometimes like they, I don't, maybe it was just the birds that I had been hunting at the time. But the one Tom that came in, he was very like leery of coming into too because there was a lot of big brush piles, and he was very weary of getting too close to too too many of them, and didn't really, I don't know, he was definitely weird. You right. can see it on film. He just came in, he was just like. He was like kind of standoffish of trying to come in between for some reason. He more stayed to the higher ground. Right. So right. it was kind of I had to play tactic games with him the next day, and he ended up he ended up getting it. But <laughs> <laughs> I just had to go a hundred yards down the road. But there's there's no doubt the higher ground works, you know. And and there's there's a natural reason for that, and it's it's never a given. Nothing's a given in turkey hunting, but. Um, you know, the natural reason why a bird is less apt to want to come down and want to be on the height, obviously the high side is vision and hearing and all that. But, um, the, the internal survival instinct of going up or down is the escape idea. Right. So if you're above a bird and calling a bird up, if he encounters danger as he's going up, he turns, takes one step and he's in flight. away from the danger if he's coming down and he encounters danger he's either got to go back uphill which isn't easy or he's got to fly over the danger and most of the time it's a coyote or a fox that jumps right and can get to them so that's that's kind of the whole idea or the the idea behind oh you know get above a bird get above a bird right 
you know, it doesn't mean I've killed plenty of birds calling them down. <laughs> well, you have to remember, too, and a lot of the people that, that listen to, obviously, us are hunting more hardwoods compared to a lot of the times when you hear people who, who are turkey hunters or turkey hunting podcasts or TV shows or so on and so forth. They're hunting fields. They're hunting open open uh, ag fields or so on and so forth. It's something that we don't do. Oh, we don't do it a lot. It's We're, we're, we're hardswood hunting. We're yep. mountain hunting. We, we hunt a whole different, I mean, all these tactics that we've talked about are totally hardwoods hunting. Al- almost all my videos, all my birds are woods. Yeah, I don't think I've ever I mean, killed one in a field. Wait, I mean, wait till you see this footage that I got this year of bird coming to swamp and ferns. I mean, we were sitting in a drain, like a, a dried up creek runoff. Yep. And um, so we were at the level of the ferns and Jeez. we were videoing the birds coming through the ferns, man. It was, cr- it's some of the most epic footage we've ever got. So it's crazy. And it's fun with, with going back on the hardwoods thing and, and being like in the ditches and stuff like that. The birds are literally hunting you. Oh yeah. You're, you're not looking. hunting the birds. When you're, when you're field hunting, you're hunting the birds. Yep. When you're hunting in the woods, the birds are hunting you. They're coming, they're coming to you and you can, I mean, let's be honest. When you let off a call, those birds know exactly what tree you're sitting under. It's not a secret. I mean, they, those birds are so keyed in on what area you are and they know, they know where the call's coming from. They're dead set. They know that that's, that's the area that you're in. Oh, it's their bedroom, man. They know know. if, if they're a quarter mile out, they know within freaking 25, 30 yards of where you are. It's ridiculous. They can pinpoint you. It's amazing. You know, I can make one call and that bird would just show up. It's unreal. Absolutely. And, and so, so when you, you've obviously, you have your slam, you've killed yep. birds all across the board. Um, do you say that, where are Easterns on that? Like, are they the easiest, the hardest? Where would you, what would you lay them? There's into? no such thing. I mean, a pressured bird's a pressured bird. You're right. Just like a whitetail, just like geese or ducks or anything like that. When you get into an area where any species is pressured, they're tough. You know, I mean, I've, I've been in areas well. I was out uh Nebraska. Yep. Getting my Merriams. And uh <clears throat> was out with a buddy of mine and we're we're walking down walking down the Niobrara River and strike a bird. Bird comes, you know, starts cutting the distance, cutting the distance and hangs up a little bit and he's coming but he's coming slow. And I'm like, bring it on, man. I'm here for the duration, you know. Right. I'm I'm eventually going to erase your face, man. You know, so I'm sitting there and sure and shit all of a sudden, I get a tap on the shoulder. And all of a sudden, I hear, come on, let's go. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, he doesn't want to die. Let's go. I'm like, dude, this it, this bird's gobble. And he goes, no, come on, we'll find another one. I'm like, since when do you <laughs> leave a goblin bird that's still cutting the distance but not fast enough? I mean, really? No. So we, we, walked, down, we walked down the river valley again and about... Ten minutes later, you hear bird gobble. We set up. Bird starts coming in. Work him for about five, ten minutes. He goes, come on, let's go. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, man, he ain't coming. So I get up again, and I'm like, this is fucked up, man. I'm like, this, this I've never turkey hunted like this. And the next bird I strike, the bird freaking was like kamikaze. He was like, ow, 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 ow. It was like, I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, there were just so many birds, and they were not pressured. It was all just like, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to find one that truly wants to die. You're going to find that yeah, one. Yeah, we're going to find them, and that's it. 
Because I couldn't do that. It's like leaving fish to find fish. Yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah, just kill this it. thing. No. Let's kill it and get the next one. I exactly. don't understand why. Yeah, that would drive me nuts. Oh, it was insane, man. But when it but happens, it happens. It, it, and honestly, I'm glad he kind of did that because it really sheds a light on on the differences of those birds out there and pressured and non-pressured. And, and uh, you know, it, there's a difference between, you know, you got birds that are henned up and birds that are in their cycle. And that's another thing, you know, understanding the true cycle of where those birds are in the breeding process yep. will really make you a better hunter. And um, so, but you take that breeding process and the cycle that they go through and add on pressure on top of that, and that'll really screw you. You know, so, um, you know, if uh, what I'd like to do, how much time we got? We got we're at 43 minutes. We can go whatever you want to do. All right, we'll go. I'll, I'll put a couple minutes. I think I think people would kind of dig this, you know, talking about the cycle of a breeding uh, of of a of the breeding cycle and how it relates to us hunting. Yep. You know, because we obviously get out there and we'll scout and, I, you know, you should never call birds prior to season if you're going to hunt them. But guys go out there and, oh, my God, man, I, I had four longbeards run in at me and I had six longbeards run in at me. And holy shit, oh, my God, the birds are so reactive. And, oh, my God, they run in and, oh, they answer everything. Okay. Well, Did that's... he deliver their diplomas <laughs> while he was out there? Yeah, right. Because <laughs> he's pretty well educated. <laughs> right? Exactly. But it, that's also when all those birds are together and you get those bachelor groups and stuff – it's prior to the season really being on for the breeding. They're still looking for those hens, and they're still aggressively chasing a hen that's looking to breed. So everybody's all fired up about uh, turkey season coming into play and these birds being hot. And then they freak out because open and weak, the birds are dropping out of the roost and they're shutting up. Or they're dropping out of the roost and they're going the other way. And, oh, my God, you know what happened? It sucks. And uh, no, fucking wait it out, dude. He's with his girls. And and, and how do you attack that? So, you like, know, when, when that happens, what do you do? They're to- eventually going to go to nest. Eventually that dude's going to be lonely. You know, he, he, he might be the guy <laughs> at sunrise. But by like ten thirty or so, he's nothing. He, he ain't no more the guy. No. <laughs> so is that That's so, a golden so, hour? It is. Oh, absolutely. So when you go into an area like that, you go in, you you strike them, they shut up, and then what do you do? Do you, you stay in there? Or well, do it you depends. Leave? I'll go try and find other places because you'll find you'll find a gobbler that you know. You got to realize that those six birds might only be two in that area, right? And and they've they've busted four out to satellite areas, <clears throat> so you may find a gobbler that's out there looking for love. Right. And he's got no girlfriends. You or you may find one that's only got one or two that are going to the nest early. You know, so you never know what's out there. You got you to gotta kind of hit that punch list and go to your places where you know they are. And those, those, those postseason encounters are just as in, important as your, uh, your preseason scouting. You know, year to year, those birds will migrate to those areas for one for one reason or another, whether it's chasing nesting hens because of the nesting areas that are there or whatever. But, you know, there's a reason that they go there and you can find them. You can find those birds and, you know, putting in your time is obviously what's going to happen. But that to me is when most people give up. Yeah. It's a shutdown stage and people just they're like, you know what? The birds aren't gobbling this year, man. 
you know, I, I can't kill a bird. I, I can't even strike a gobble. Well, get in there at like 9.30, 10 and see what happens, you know? Speaking of that, with, with Connecticut passing the hunting till dark or in the process of. Fuck no, dude. Don't do it. Well. God, no. Yep. I'm going to, Michael Gregonis, I'm going to call out a name. What are you thinking? Actually, you know, I really, I, 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 I am pretty confident that Michael does not want that. And he is a biologist. I hope I don't get in trouble for this. Um, He's, he's a biologist for the state of Connecticut. And he and I beat ideas back and forth because I I do take kind of what I encounter out in the field pretty seriously. And I'm sorry. Um, We don't have big enough areas uh, to disrupt a roost. If we disrupt a roost, we're going to be disrupting hens, nesting hens. We are going to kill our freaking uh, population. We are going to create so much turmoil. If, if those birds, they're in an area for a reason. And when you go in there at sunset and bust up that reason... You're you're gonna kill our fucking population, man. And killing you're, them you're on gonna, the way to the roost. You're, you're, you're gonna, gonna you're gonna yeah. decimate our population. And I'm not talking by killing them. I, I'm not talking killing our population by actually harvesting them. I'm talking by hens leaving nests. Yep. And I'm pushing talking, them out. Yes. I'm talking by um, ruining roost areas that are proven grounds for birds that have there's feed there there's water there there's everything they they roost in an area because there's a reason to survive there <clears throat> and <clears throat> excuse me and there there's a there's a reason those hens are there and it's for nesting cover mm-hmm. and if you bust them out of there that whole cycle will become unsuccessful and we will lose our population and we will kill them without killing them because they're not, they're not going to nest. They're not. And a hen can only nest twice. We're going to lose clutches. Yeah, so when they lose, and I'll go into it just a little bit, so just, just to touch the top of it, and a lot of people probably don't know, when a hen, a hen has a clutch, if she loses that clutch for any reason, she can actually have a second clutch. And then they can actually, so like if it doesn't get up to temperature, predators, so on and so forth. And what happens is every single day they get bred by a tom, and it hits the nest, and that those eggs stay there, and they stay dormant. Until they get her, their entire clutch, say there's 12, 15, whatever the case may be, and then they sit on that nest, and then that nest gets to, say, 76, we'll call it 76 degrees, and then that's when they sit on that nest the entire time, and then they come off the nest during the mid part of the day, and then that's when they go to feed, and those nest stays at that certain uh, degrees and incubates throughout, and then they go back to them. So they can only lose a clutch t- once, technically, right, and right. have two clutches. They will re-clutch once. So if we start going into those grounds and start killing those and pushing them off those and killing those nesting areas, then we're no longer going to have a population, and that's where Matt's trying to go Exactly. With and they and they move to a secondary area, and that secondary area may be successful to have in the clutch, but guess what? <clears throat> they're in that primary area because there's feed for those young. There's fields there, whatever, where they can go out and they can feed on terrestrials and all. They can't do, they can't do the the nuts. They can't process acorns and all that a mature bird can. So they're going to want those fields. And if we if we crush that man, it's and and the state believes that they're going to generate more hunting because of more hunting hours, and it's not true, man. There's feast and famine. You know what's going to happen is you're going to end up putting more pressure on birds more times. And guess what? 
people are going to give up more because there's more pressure and those birds aren't going to be there anymore. So you're going to lose hunters. You may gain a couple for a year or two, but guess what? When your population hits the shitter and those birds get busted out of the roost and they can't chase them anymore, well, people are just going to freaking give up. We're going to be back to where we were in the original original fight that we've had to try and get all these birds here it's absolutely brutal i didn't mean to strike a bad chord dude but, it's, but it's, no no i love that chord but but it's just it, it's, it's just information that needs to be passed along to all these people and everything like that so yeah, like, send this podcast to the state yeah <laughs> so i just i feel that i feel honestly that it's just it was something that needed to be said and somebody who's in the woods a lot like myself and knows the information and sees it it just needs to be passed along yeah. and i think that that is definitely well, an important thing, thing is Everybody looks at it and says, hey, I can hunt all day and I can take five birds. And that's the, the extent of it. That's it's all the they see. the stupidest freaking thing ever. Yeah, we're going to drop go it back five. to three. We're going up to five. Yeah. And, of but whatever. it's across the board yeah. and then the sunset. No. And yeah. And so, Steve, for you in Virginia, it's the first two weeks is until noon. And then after that is is till sunset, right? So down here, the first three weeks is uh, till noon only. And you have a one bird day limit three birds total um and that counts your fall turkeys too so if you get one in the fall you only get two in the spring and then the last two weeks is all day but that's after they've already been nesting they've already been they've already been established in those areas i mean i'm i'm kind of more for that than what they're trying to do here in in honest so you know they're they're grasping at straws is what they're doing you know they're, they're not they're not thinking about the the end result you know the true end result so, no, not at all. Honestly, yeah. not at all. So, so tell me a little bit before we close this out, man. We've been going on. There's been jam packed thing. Tell me a little bit about this the the Mealy Master. <laughs> I gotta oh, hear about it. Some detail. The the Mealy Master. Yeah, because you're, you're a man of all trades inside this trade. But I'm not the guy. No, <laughs> you're the odd guy. In all the the, I am the odd guy. I love it though. You fit yeah. right in with the I crew. Am the so. odd guy. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, the Mealy Master came about. Um, I I used to be into the fly gig real heavily, and believe it or not, my grandmother taught me how to trout fish as a kid. That's amazing. Before I was old enough to go out with the guys, you know, um, my grandmother used to take me, and she was like an amazing stream and river fisher fisherman, and um. She was incredible. All little streams taught me how to read water, all that jazz. I got into the fly gig and did everything, salt water, fresh water, tied my own flies, the whole deal, and then realized the true art behind it. And the art behind fly fishing is not your dry flies and all that. It's nymphing. nymphing. And it's really the difficulty and the finesse of creating the perfect drift. That is what's going to make you a successful fly fisherman. And it is achieving um, a good status is difficult, you know, and I felt I made it to good. I was by no means expert or anything like that, but I was a good nymph fisherman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, wow, you know, I could make this a hell of a lot easier. And I could take everything I learned from this drift and put some bait <laughs> into the mix and go back to spin. And for about 10 years, I kind of, I tested mono, copolymer, fluoro, braid, uh, bait hooks, uh, fly hooks, everything, different baits, different sizes. And um, I'm running a seven foot ultralight with two pound fluoro, which is lighter than seven X tippet. Mm-hmm. Two pound floral mainline, 
and a size 12 scud hook with a mealworm. And it should be freaking illegal, man. That's like midge fishing. It's ugly. That is insane. I mean, and we're catching five pound browns for, I mean, just stupid, Jeez. stupid fish wow. in a river on two pound test. And uh, it's... It's freaking ugly. Outdoor Life, Field and Stream both did stories on it. Field and Stream, you go to Real Outdoors TV, the video that Field and Stream did on there for hook shots. Um, they did a video on it that just went insanely viral. Um, it's There's a lot of videos of me catching big, big, big fish. And um, you write for those magazines, right? I do, yeah. I've written for Outdoor Life and Field and Stream, NRA, uh, National Wild Turkey Federation. Yeah, That's awesome. A bunch of them. So we're going to fill them in come spring. We need to definitely Dude, get yeah, this on we'll, for we'll some do a, We'll do a Millie rig deal. I love it. Yeah, yeah. We'll get people on some fish, man. Check out Real Outdoors TV and uh, and check out some of the vids. You'll, you'll know I'm not kidding you. Absolutely. Yeah, and, I, and I, I talk all about how to do it. I'm not hiding anything. I mean. You're on YouTube also? Yeah, we get, yeah, we get about a third of a million views a year. Just so that I mean, just so that the the listeners can yeah, go YouTube, on there, check everything outdoors, out, because obviously yeah. there's a lot of jam packed information, and there's more stuff there that they can follow along with. Also, absolutely, yeah, Real Outdoors TV on YouTube. Check That's, it out. Is there anything else you want to leave them with before we close this thing out? Or oh, man, I got to take a leak. All right, Steve, close them. <laughs> you want to close this? <laughs> Steve, Steve, you want to close them out properly for us? Since uh, yeah, man, I'll, I'll go ahead and send him on his way so he can handle his business. Uh, <laughs> Matt, we just want to thank you for being out here. It's guys like you that really keep the drive alive. And uh, for everybody out there on the air, we appreciate it. We thank you for riding along right here on the Outdoor Drive. Thank you, man. Love being here. Signing off.